the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And now, it's the Rob Black Podcast. You can hear Rob live every weekday morning from 10 to noon on 910 AM and talk910.com. Live from the Bay Area, your money, your life. This is Rob Black. Welcome in. Rob Black Show. Another week, another dollar. Treads our way through the world of money, investing, and getting our butts to retirement. It's a call-in show. The Rob Black Show is. It's 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. And then when you listen, I reward you. Today, I'm going to be starting a new contest. It's a little bit on the goofy side. It's a little bit different. It's not going to be a call-in contest. But instead, I'm going to give you a 21-inch monitor, which is a pretty good monitor. It's got some good resale value. Uh, good retail value. I didn't say resell, did I? Whoops. I didn't actually mean you can go sell it on Craigslist the moment you win it. It's brought to us from Geeks on Call. And this Friday, we're going to be giving it away. But here's the cool thing. On Friday, you're going to have a one in five chance of winning. I know you're saying, how's that going to work, Rob? One in five? I don't have to be the 91st caller. I'll take a one in five chance. What we're going to be doing is listen to the keyword. Oh, we're doing a keyword contest. That's right. So today at 11.15, I'm going to give you a keyword. It'll be something cutesy. It'll be something like money, 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 five times. And then you're going to have to go to the website and type it in, talk910.com, talk910.com. And you're going to go to the Rob Black page, which is at talk910.com. And you're going to type in money, 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 five times. That's not the the password. I'm going to give you the password today at 11.15, so roughly... Uh, 75 minutes from now, we're going to be giving away a 21-inch Samsung flat panel monitor from Geeks on Call. Bill Rockefeller runs the franchise, and he's a good guy. He's a good friend of mine. If your computer ever blows up, I highly recommend calling him. He'll actually come to your home and or your business. Now, listeners must go to the web page. You must enter the secret password to win. The password will be announced every day at 11.15. You'll have four chances to win, so you can win today, tomorrow, Wednesday, Thursday. So not even a one in five chance, a 25% chance. Um, so today, let's say 10 people go to the webpage and put in money, 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 money. And again, that's not the password. Don't don't try it. But you can go practice it if you want to. But it's not the password. You practice it, you only get one, one chance to enter today, one chance tomorrow, one chance Wednesday, one chance Thursday. So uh, pretty cool stuff. So um, one winner will be posted today. One winner will be posted Tuesday. One winner will be posted what, Thursday. One winner will be posted Wednesday. And then on Friday, those four people have a chance to win if those four people are still listening. It's complicated. It's tough to follow. But I think I explained it about appropriately. Woohoo! Dow Jones Industrial Average at 11,000. 11,000. Okay, so that's not all that exciting, is it? It's just a number. It's not Rob Black at seven digits or eight digits. It's not my net worth. It's a it's a market indicator, and it's crap. It's crap. It's crap. It's crap. It makes no sense that we follow it. It's just 30 stocks, right? It's not your net worth. It's not my net worth. It's not the total stock market. 
It's not California. It's just the Dow Jones Industrial Average. It's an indicator. It's, it's something we watch. It, it's cute. Now, what else do we got? Greece today. Uh, the country of Greece on the Mediterranean. We've got debt problems. They're a member of the European Union. So they are the redheaded stepchild of the European Union. The European Union's got a bunch of countries together, and they said, let's wipe out all of our own currencies and issue a new currency called the EU, the euro. They did, and they, they became a group called the European Union. It's kind of like the United States of America. Fifty states get together and say, let's all become the USA, USA. We could do more collectively as 50 than we can as one. Our commerce can be better. The European Union did this. And then what they found out was they did this in a good, healthy world economy. A good, healthy world economy where the dollar was strong, where the United States was strong. We were consumers. You know, ooh, we need a DVD player. Ooh, we need a Blu-ray DVD player. Ooh, we need a a flat panel monitor. 21-inch flat panel monitor brought to you by Geeks on Call. Um, We need, we need, we need. We're consumers, right? So the European Union was born during a good time. And then the recession hit, well, 9-11 hit, and they got through that. And then the recession hit, and they didn't really get through that. Because the recession pulls down your receipts, pulls down your receivables. You're, you're just not getting paid as fast as you want. So a lot like the United, like, a lot like California, the deficit problem in Greece is, was there, and it became bigger and bigger and bigger until it imploded. Over the weekend, the European Union bailed them out some point in time, California may need to be bailed out because we'll have too many IOUs or we'll have too many services being provided without enough money coming in to pay for it. So we're going to learn a lesson from this. We're watching it. Now, so the Dow extends above 11,000. Worries about Greece is uh, subsiding. Earnings season, it's going to be a good earnings season. At the beginning of this year or at the end of last year, I said the first six months in the United States, uh, the first six months of the year are going to be good for North America for the NYSE, for the Dow, for the S&P 500. And so far, I'm right. I think this earnings season, I think it's going to be a good earnings season. Now I'm going to start to get a little bit more worried. This earnings season is easy compared to last year at this time. So the comparables are easy. It's We were in a recession this time last year. We didn't know anything about Obama. We knew that the economy was hurting. We knew that you know something was coming down the pipe road for stimulus. And well, the stimulus is hitting right now, so the economy, the GDP is doing nice. It's doing nice. It's nice. Anyway, um, so this comparable is easy. The next two comps, back half of the year, are a little bit tougher because things started to improve. We started spending stimulus money. Now, again, they're still pathetic, but they're a little bit better than awful, you know, God-forsaken one-inch high expectations. They're going to be like two-inch high expectations, so it's a little bit tougher to jump over. Still pretty easy, but it's a little bit tougher. This time next year, I don't know, we have to have some sort of traction in our economy to actually make sure that uh, it's going to plow ahead, so to speak. So let's talk a little bit more business. I think I've given you the the major recap. Let's talk, um, let's see, did I hit everything? Asia did well today. Greeks bail out. Oh, the United States is starting out fat. We're starting out fat. So far this year, the S&P 500 is up 7%. That's pretty sweet. It's up 80% since March lows. 11,000 psychological level on the Dow was breached on Friday. So we feel good. Now, Toyota still in the news. They're trading higher, even though a second fine by the United States of America's government could be coming down on them, that they knowingly delayed a massive recall. That we know. The West Virginia mine, uh, 29 people dead in. 
it's the worst mining disaster in 40 years. It makes me say, good thing I got this job. Glad I wasn't born in the Appalachians. If there's one thing that you're happy about, be happy that you were born somewhere other than the Appalachians. Uh, Be happy that you weren't born in a coal mining town because there's a good chance you would have become a coal miner. Um, Now, 29 people dead. And I know you're saying, Rob, be careful. Be careful, Rob. There's a company that's publicly traded that owns the mine called Massey Energy. Ticker symbol is M-E-E. Now, last week when this mine tragedy got, you know, pretty well known, it was a $50 stock. It was a $54 stock. Now it's a $46 stock. That's right. You could invest in tragedy. Two weeks ago, the company was doing fine. In the last week, 29 of their miners died. So will it go back? Will people, will the cost of death be forgotten? Will it be brushed away? Crazy question, right? Do you think it's unethical for us to invest in Massey Energy right now? There's a hell of a question. M-E-E, Massey Energy. Now, there's other coal companies that you can invest in. If you don't want to invest in the Appalachian 29 dead coal miner disaster investment play. Arch Coal, ticker symbol ACI. Patriot Coal, ticker symbol PCX. Um, those are those are good mining companies. So I'll just ask Heidi, and she can just give me a thumbs up, or she can come on air. She can come on air. She she gets her uh, quota, her fair share quota of airtime. Uh, the question is: twenty nine miners dead. Horrific. Uh, one of the miners sent a letter to his wife last week. You know, if anything ever happens to me, know that I'm in heaven looking down at you. It's just like gut wrenching stuff. Take care of my daughter. I love you. I've always loved you. Just gut wrenching stuff. Is it awful, Heidi? Am I a bad person that I want to invest in mass energy? I, you know what? When it comes down to Rob Black yeah, yeah. knowing business, yeah. you know your stuff. Yeah. Um, it may be in poor taste, but I don't know that that's necessarily a consideration you make when investing. If, if you, you were, know, if, you if it's my, a good business you, investment, it's a good business investment. That's that. If you were my spouse, if you were my sister, if you were my conscience, would you tell me? Maybe give it another week before you talk about it on air. Before at least let the bodies be in the ground. I wouldn't. I would say do what you think is best okay, as a so, good investment. So you don't think I've been drinking? I don't think so. Okay. Yeah. So thank you. That's the voice of reason. Every now and then I have to call her in. What do you think? Am I am I creepy? Am I rude? Because again, my dad died of cancer, and I said I'll invest in tobacco. It was tobacco that got my dad. It wasn't Angel Orange. It wasn't anything else. It wasn't bad cells or bad genetics. It was it was the lung. It was the death stick that he sucked on basically every day of his adult life until the last five years of his life. So poor taste in investing. Sometimes they don't necessarily go hand in hand. Uh, best time to invest was right after 9-11. When other people are panicky and scared, they sell you their shares cheap. Best time to invest in a coal company right after coal mining disaster. Best time to buy uh, real estate right after an earthquake or a fire. Am I teaching good investment lessons here or or my, is my moral compass so broken that I need to be chastised about it? You tell me 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639. Don't forget at 1115, we're giving away a monitor on Friday this week. Friday this week from Geeks on Call. It's 21 inch flat panel monitor, but 1115 today, I'm going to give out a keyword. You got to be listening to 1115. I think this is going to be a contest that's going to be pretty easy to win. A lot of advertising for Geeks on Call, no doubt about it, but I think it's going to be a pretty easy winner. Um, in fact, I may try to I may try to win, my, win the monitor. I'm not technically an employee of Clear Channel, so I actually can try to win. 
Interesting. 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. Coming up, death of a Bay Area company. Is it tragic? Is it sad? I'll let you know. 800-345-5639. It's Rob Black Show. Give me a call. Listening to the Rob Black Show on 910 AM. More stimulating talk. Call Rob now at 1 800 345 5639. So I start off the show with 29 miners are dead. Is it okay to invest in the company that uh, their coal mine is located with called Massey Energy? And Everyone can go play this game at home. Ticker symbol is M-E-E, and you can see a dip in the stock in the last week from a tragedy. I call on you. Call me out if you think I've got no no moral compass and that I should uh, uh, basically go to hell. (laughs) You know, Rob Black, you go to hell. Uh, These, you know, these are these people aren't even in the ground and you're talking about taking advantage of the stock dip price as an opportunity to to pick up some shares of a coal company. Uh, I like buying things on sale. And things on Wall Street don't go on sale in good times. Things on Wall Street go on sale in bad times. 9-11, greatest investment opportunity of your lifetime. Did you take it? It wasn't a good event that caused that. It was a bad event that caused that. The recession, the credit crisis, caused the market in 2008 to, to wildly underperform. People panicked. They sold their investments at lows. I took advantage. I bought. Question for you. Is my moral compass so damaged that I'm cynical at this point in time, or am I just a smart investor? An email came in uh, from Tony. He says, when Sir Templeton was alive, Sir Templeton from the Templeton Funds is is widely regarded as one of the top 10 greatest investors of all time. Like, you know, top 10 baseball teams, top 10 uh, best basketball players of all time. Well, top 10 investors would include Sir John Templeton. And when he was alive, he said, quote, the best time to invest is when there's no light at the end of the tunnel. I couldn't agree more. But that's the, the conventional wisdom that we, we want to invest in good times, and conventional wisdom is wrong. You don't want to invest when a company is at an all-time high. You want a, a buying opportunity. I highlighted a stock on Friday called Joe's Jeans where, you know, I basically went out of my way to say I love the way jeans look on women. It's like as if God himself crafted perfection with jeans on a woman. And then I said, you know, I've talked about the investment in true religion, great investment. I've talked about, here's another opportunity, Joe's Jeans. Now, Joe's Jeans reported earnings on, on Friday, and I knew that, and the stock dipped on that. So it dipped on good news, but it still dipped. I like buying on dips. That's a phrase that pays on Wall Street. Now, there's a company that's putting themselves up for sale, and it's Palm. And this is a big news story today. You know, it's, this was a Bay Area company, creator of the pre-smartphone. They put themselves up for sale. They're seeking bids for the company as early as this week. Companies working with Goldman Sachs and Freight Quattrone's Catalyst Partners. Taiwan's HTC Corporation and China's Lenovo. They've looked into buying the company. They may make offers. Palm shares surged 32% on news last week based out of Sunnyvale, California. A lot of people were thinking that they were going to make it this time, that they had finally come up with a product to compete in the smartphone market. I've been a user of Palm Pilot, uh, Palm, uh, what are they? Trios, trios. I've been user, I've been a trio user since they've come out, and I've always loved them. I love the tactile feel of the keys. Incredibly functional. They brought in John Rubenstein. He developed the latest operating system. Rubenstein was over at Apple during the launch of the iPod. 
He was counting on these devices to attract customers and restore their status as an industry player, as a pioneer. Their recent quarter was disastrous. Who killed Palm? Steve Jobs over at Apple and his iPhone. Research in Motions, BlackBerry. Those damn Canadians killed Palm. Google's Android software certainly threw another player out there. Microsoft's Windows for cell phones certainly hurt them. Who will buy them? It looks like foreign companies. Dell's poked around at Palm. They've decided not to put in an offer. Elevation Partners, which is one of the founding members, Bono, who's the greatest bloody single on earth, according to him. He owns 30% of Palm. <laughs> he invested over a billion plus dollars into it. They're not going to get that kind of money for a company that's dying. Palm was founded in 1992. They, they pioneered the Palm Pilot devices. The company was acquired, believe it or not, by U.S. Robotics. And U.S. Robotics acquired Palm. And then U.S. Robotics got acquired by 3Com, one of the worst mergers of all time. 3Com then spins off Palm in 2000, letting them stand on their own. The Pre was Palm's first phone based on a new web operating system. Now, there's no guarantee that the company's going to be acquired just because they say we're up for marriage. It doesn't mean that a suitor's going to come in and say, we'll marry you. This is an ugly girl. This is a, a 400-pound, no-tooth girl. They got no product. There's no guarantee that someone's going to say, you know what, I really want to buy into the, the, the smartphone market. I want some piece of pie versus starting from scratch. I would be very careful expecting that this one gets acquired. I just don't see it. Now, what is a PDA? Examining the death of Palm, you got to go back. Personal digital assistant. This kind of throws a little, throws us back into the Wayback Machine, doesn't it? The PDA has evolved since the pilot was first unveiled in 1996. Do you feel sad about Palm going away? Does Rob have no moral compass? 800-345-5639. 800-345-5639. So two generations is what Palm rolled out of the PDA. And they became known as the Palm Pilots. Now, this was actually kind of cool because back in the, the late 90s, I was a dating man. And a Palm Pilot was a status symbol. A good friend of mine named Mandy Moore, who's since then been married to a Canadian but she was a San Francisco web girl, you know, one of those uh, dot-com jumper kind of person. Made a lot of money in stock options, jumping from ship to ship to ship. Anyway, long story short, she had a palm, and I came to visit her once in town, and uh, uh, she'd pull out her palm and, like, say, let's go find a good restaurant. And sometimes it would hook up wirelessly, and sometimes you'd have to hook it up to your computer to find a good restaurant. But it was a status symbol. It was cool. It was kind of swanky. Now, there was the Palm 1000. There was the Pilot 5000. No infrared port, backlight, or flash memory were part of the first Palms. I mean, if you go back, this is going to be in the Tech Museum, that the PDA, it had one meg of internal RAM. The succeeding Palms, you know, started to, to ramp that up. They came out with new versions of the software. Eventually, Palms OS 3.1 became the standard for the Palm. There was the Palm 3X with four megs of memory, the Palm 3E without a flash memory or any expansion card. There was two megs of memory in the Palm 5. The Palm 5 VX had eight megs of memory. And this was the problem is you would get overwhelmed. These pace of innovation on PDAs was so fast that it couldn't. It was so expensive to stay a player. And that's the, the brutal part of technology. Technology is all about smart, smaller, faster, cheaper. 
And Apple will make more money on the iPhone in the next 10 years than it did in the last three. It's not the, the big launch of the technology that's profitable. It's the standardization of the technology that's profitable. Intel, when the pace of computing jumped from the, the 486, 286, 386, 486, um, to all the iterations of, of their newest platforms, that pace was stunning in the 90s. Stunning, and it was very expensive. Now it's very, very profitable. So technology that becomes the standard, and that's why Microsoft was the king of tech companies for such a long time, was that their operating system, Windows 95, really changed the world. It was a visual GUI that was unlike any other operating system ever. And uh, they had the Rolling Stones roll it out with Start Me Up. And now, 15 years later, we're still you know, using you know, a desktop operating system. It doesn't mean it's going to be there forever. But it becomes wildly profitable. Not, you know, people would go, Microsoft doesn't have the best operating system. Apple does. Or there was a company called Next that had it. Or there was a company called B. And it, B had a great tagline. It was like, be smart, be, be creative, be witty. Other companies had better operating systems. But Microsoft had the most standard. And that's the problem is Palm had the best product for such a period of time. But it never became the standard. It kept rolling out new innovations. And people like me, who are ultimately kind of frugal... I want cutting edge, but I want it to last a year, two, three years. It was basically usurping itself in, in, in a, a very small amount of time. So now the smartphone is starting to become a little bit like, can the Apple phone get smaller? Not really. You know, it, its form factor is where it's at. Otherwise, it's become invisible. Maybe Steve Jobs could, it could you know, port it into our head or something like totally wild and innovative. But I don't see that coming at this point in time. So the MP3 player, it's kind of dead. Your MP3 player now is your iPhone. Your personal digital assistant, it's dead. You no longer need to walk around with a device that has people's phone numbers in it that can't make phone calls. So your personal digital assistant is now basically a feature. It's a bell. It's a whistle in the operating system of an Apple iPhone or any smartphone that's out there at this point in time. So it's interesting sometimes these technologies that roll out, we think that they're going to stay. They're going to be standard, and they ultimately just can't do it. They just can't package it all together. Had Palm started with a phone that had cool features, they would have been a winner. But they started with a a, a kind of a gadget with cool features, and that's why they're dead. They're up for sale today. Will you buy shares of Palm? Is Palm dead? Is Rob a jerk for investing in Massey Energy or talking about investing in Massey Energy when 29 coal miners are still being lifted out of the ground and actually being buried? So is there a parallel between the death of Palm and the opportunity of Massey Energy at the heels of the death of 29 coal miners? I don't know. Am I a jerk? 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. Coming up, I got a couple of emails for you as well as some business time. And today in business time, we've got stories that are chock full of interesting opportunities, including solar as well as United and U.S. Airways potentially getting married. Is there an investment there? 800-345-5639. Oh, and don't forget, I'm going to give away, I'm going to give away an opportunity to win a 21-inch Samsung flat panel monitor today at 1115. So stick with us. 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. You're listening to The Rob Black Show on 910 AM. More stimulating talk. Call Rob now at 1-800-345-5639. So we got this contest coming up. 
I'm going to give you a 21-inch monitor. Why? Because I love you. Second reason, because Bill Rockefeller and I got a little bit of a bromance going on. Uh, competing with the bromance between me and Joe Cannon. Uh, Rockefeller runs Geeks on Call, and anytime I have a computer issue, I call him. Anytime I have a computer question, not even an issue, I call him. And uh, he said, you know, I, I got a 21-inch monitor to give, give away, so he's doing that. And you're going to have four chances to win. So today at 11.15, I'm going to give out a keyword. It'll be something goofy. It'll be something that's very Rob Black. And then what you're going to do is you're going to run to talk910.com, talk910.com, and you're going to enter the contest with that day's keyword. And then we'll have one winner per day. You'll check the Rob Black page on Friday for your name. If you're one of the four people at that point in time, you're going to be the first call in. If you're one of those four people, you're the first call in. When I say go, you're going to win a monitor on Friday. So you're going to listen basically today at 11.15. Go to talk910.com, punch in your name, punch in your data, and you'll find out if you're one of the big wieners, as we like to say in the business. Let's do a couple emails, shall we? There's a letter in your mailbox. You are having new mail in your inbox. Mm, you've got mail. You've got mail. Pattern baldness. There is a message for you. Prepare to be astonished. <laughs> my favorite part of that monologue, my favorite part of that montage, is Pee Wee Herman laughing. For some reason, he makes me smile. Pretty simple, all things considered. 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. But if you want to email me, and this is the email segment, it's Rob, R-O-B, at robblack.com. It's Rob at robblack.com. Phil sends an email, and he goes, uh, the big question of the day is, am I evil for wanting to invest in massy energy that killed 29 miners in a mine collapse? And Phil writes, and he goes, it's the nature of black to be dark. That's actually a pretty good line. I may actually have to steal that. And make that my own, because I, I I kind of agree. It's in my nature to go a little bit on the dark side. For instance, one of my favorite movies, Raisin Arizona. Very dark comedy. The Coen brothers, very, very dark. And the great, great American filmmakers, the Coen brothers. Anyway, Jeff sends an email. He goes, hey, Rob, I've been going over my prego wife's bills this weekend. Figured out budgets for when she goes on leave. I knew she had credit card debt and a loan, but I didn't think the terms would be this bad. Loan was taken out in 2006, $5,000 for seven years at 53%. What the F? Is this legal? I was pissed off enough at the credit card bills that were at 29%, but when I saw that this one, I went through the effing roof. I love that he's using some of my, my terms. The credit card amount is another $5,000 on four cards. So my question is, should I pay off or can she declare bankruptcy? Background on me, I'm 45 years old. House is in my name only. Bought before the marriage. No debt except for mortgage. I have 200000 at 24 years at 4.7%. House probably worth 400000 40 k in savings. 75 k deferred comp. Uh, make about fifty k a year. Wife's 36. Well, first and foremost, a 45-year-old man marrying a 36-year-old woman, you're going to get some of this. She's got no assets, no savings. 5000 in deferred comp, and she's got a PERS uh, retirement. So she's a public employee of California. Uh, she says she's going to come into a large inheritance one day. I love that. She says, this guy's a little bit, uh, how do we say angry at his wife? Uh, keep in mind, she's hot and young compared to you old and shrivelly. I never count on that. And I agree. He's right. You shouldn't count on an inheritance. 
because things change. Some parents live forever. And then they give the money to the Rob Black Foundation for treating Rob Black well. She works half-time. She makes about 25 k a year, but wants to take six months off with no pay after the baby is born in July. Uh, if I don't pay, can they come after me with a loan and credit card debt all before we were married? Yeah, they can. That's the question, Jeff. Uh, when you married her, you messed up. You basically took on her debts uh, in the, the eyeballs law. And yeah, they can come after you. So I absolutely 100% would pay them down as a fast as possible. And uh, I think you and your wife need to, to get a book. It's called The New Rules About Money by Rick Edelman. It's 88 chapters. And then two of you need to read a chapter. Maybe one of you reads it out loud. And then you two talk about it. It talks about credit card debt. It talks about student loans. It talks about investing. It talks about nest eggs. Two of you need to approach money in a more mature way because you're angry at her and your marriage ain't going to last and you're bitter at some of the dumb things she did with money. And I'll be honest with you, she did some dumb things with money, but you're going to end up in divorce if you don't solve this problem fast because people will resent you. Your anger will lead to no sex. Um, she'll think it's because she's got the baby. You'll think you'll, you won't know what it is, but your anger, you will withhold sex. You'll use sex as a weapon against your wife. So whatever you do is get this out in the open as soon as you can. And yeah, you married into those problems and you probably should have found that out before you got married. If, if it's truly something that pisses you off, I think you made a huge mistake by uh, carrying some anger on it. Elsewhere to another email, Tim sends an email. He says, Rob, government jobs are counted on the jobs report, yet it takes dozens or so of us taxpayers to support each government worker. I realize work needs doing, but it seems we keep adding government jobs yet cutting services. Does the creation of the government jobs help the economy or hurt it? Great question, Tim, and great insight. And I can go bigger with you. Our economy is doing great right now because President Barack Obama and Congress and all their wisdom decided to take out roughly a trillion dollars. And they didn't take it out. They said, U.S. Treasury, print us one trillion dollars. And U.S. Treasury said, let's fire up the U.S. Mint. And they print a trillion dollars and they go out and spend it. Our economy is not doing that great. Our economy is actually kind of anemic. Our economy is more of a, it's instead of capitalism, you would call it socialism right now because the government is supporting it. Now, again, I'm not one of the teabaggers. I'm not one of the people out there who, who hates our government. I understand it. I think we, we ebb and flow at times between socialism and between capitalism. I think, you know, at time of war, our economy does great because the government spends a lot of money on war. Now, again, I'm not comparing Afghanistan to World War II, which, again, greatest war ever fought. Uh, as far as wars go, if you have a top five wars, World War II has to come out on top. Um, but anyway, um, yeah, these governments, it, it's a little bit, it, it's misleading. So you're going to hear Barack Obama go, I've created jobs and I've saved our economy. And you're right. It's, it's, it's bogus jobs. It's government jobs. And I hate government jobs. They're, they're a necessary evil. But they get these huge public pensions that are, have to be supported for years and years and years and years after they're gone. Now, I'm not, I'm not bemoaning anyone who gets one of these. I'm saying the system's stupid. I'm saying the system doesn't actually work. And the fact that we can send a fat cat to Sacramento, he, he, he does eight years of service, and then we pay him for the next 40, 50 years in, in retirement, that's retarded. Like, every one of us can go, that math does not make sense. It's almost as if we need OJ's attorney if the, the, the glove does not fit, you must quit. You know, the math does not make sense. It does not add up. Or maybe we can throw out a little bit of fuzzy math. 
So I, I, I mostly agree as far as the credit card debt uh, or the, the U.S. government debt going out to finance government jobs. It's a necessary evil, though. You're right. You're right. So, But again, is it capitalism? No. And I wish we were living in times of a more glorious form of capitalism than we are now. Capitalism, by the way, has something called creative destruction. My favorite economist, a guy named Joseph Schumpter, came up with that, that concept of creative destruction. I kind of like ebbing and flowing when capitalism gets gets destructive. 800-345-5639 to get your calls in there. It's 800-345-5639. I got some business time coming up. And I'm going to talk about Glenn Beck. I'm going to do it in a fun way. I'm going to enjoy it. Hopefully you enjoy it, too. He makes $13 million a year publishing. He makes $10 million a year in radio. He makes $2 million a year in television. Holy shnikes. I got something to say about all this. It's Rob Black Show, 800-345-5639 to get your calls in there. It's 800-345-5639. Listening to the Rob Black Show on 9:10 a.m. More stimulating talk. Call Rob now at 1-800-345-5639. It's Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Um, giving away a monitor, and you get four chances to win: one on Monday, one on Tuesday, one on Wednesday, one on Thursday, and then on Friday we're going to have a, a big day where we pull it all together. At 11:15 today, I'm going to give out a keyword. You get a chance to win a 21-inch Samsung flat panel monitor from Geeks on Call. You're going to run to the webpage, talk910.com. You can go there right now. Go there right now. Go to talk910.com. Hit the Rob Black page. Hit the blog. Start blogging with others. There's a really annoying person at the blog called Mary. Ignore her. We shouldn't even put her post on the blog. But everyone else is pretty smart and pretty insightful. With that said, you go to talk910.com and blog. It's kind of like a big instant messaging group love hug fest kind of thing going on. At that site, 800-345-5639 to get your calls on there. About, what is it, 37 minutes until the contest. Let's go to William in Oakland. William? Hi, William. Hi, how you doing? Doing well. Yeah, um, I'm um, kind of concerned about uh, an annuity uh, that I'm fixing to take out with the uh, Potential. Um, I'm investing. I'm fifty-nine years old. I'm investing sixty thousand dollars uh, with him. Actually, at twelve o'clock, and I need immediately advice. Um, Hold on, St- stop. How old are you? Fifty-nine. Fifty-nine. And how much are you going to give to this annuity salesperson? How much do I what? How much does he want you to to get an annuity for? How much money? How big? What, what are you going to write a check for? I check, check for 60000 Okay. And what are the terms? What do you get? Okay. Uh, bonus, I get I get uh, cent. And um, it's a... It's a... Um, it's, it's a win-win situation because I, I go in with a lock uh, uh, amount, and each time that... Yeah, uh, William, do me a favor. Do me a favor. 
don't sign the annuity and call me back when you can get to a phone that actually works. Okay. So thanks for the call. 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. It sounds to me like he needs to say no to this annuity. If you want proof against annuities, if you want an email against annuities, William, drop me an email, Rob, R-O-B, at robblack.com, and I'll send out to you what's happening. Anytime there's a, quote, win-win situation, that's a salesperson who's trying to screw you, okay? Keep that in mind. We're going to match your money. We're going to give you a guarantee. Let's say it's $100,000, and he's going to give you a 10% Cash flow guarantee. You could take out 10% a year. That's your own money. You could take out $10,000 for 10 years of your own annuity. And then you'll have nothing left for purchasing the insurance on it. And they'll close the annuity on you. It sounds great, but you do not they're not giving you the details. Equity index annuities are very problematic. Here's the kicker. If it's a win-win situation, William, how naive are you? You're going to get an insurance product. You're going to get an investment on it. They're going to give you free money. William, what are they going to do? Come sodomize your dog? Like, where is the, 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 the problem in, the, in, in this deal? If they could do that, why, not, why doesn't the United States government give them $1 trillion and have them get you know, free money back and a free rate of return? Great rate of return. It's misleading. Equity index annuities. Right now, there's 12 attorney generals across the United States who are investigating various cases, various promises. I would be very careful. You can't get access to your money. Sometimes when you want access to your money, you no longer get the bonus that they're trying to give to you. Rates change on a regular basis. So a bonus is better than an interest rate enhancement, typically, because, you know, in seminar presentations uh, where they're trying to get you to sign and get you to, you know, seal the deal, it sounds too good to be true, and you're confused by it. So if anyone wants what the experts say about most annuities, not all annuities, there's, you know, when we're in an interest rate environment where the interest rates are 6 7 8%, I want that, that guarantee. I love that guarantee. But we're in an interest rate environment where 4%, that's not good. If I were to buy an annuity, the only people I would buy it from that would be Fidelity or Vanguard. And that's it. F Prudential. So the FU moment of today's show is FU Prudential salesperson trying to take William's money and over-promising and over-guaranteeing. And later, William's going to find out it's a U-Pod situation. No, it's an O-Pood it's overpromise under deliver. UPOD is underpromise over deliver. So this is an OPUD or an OPUD, if that makes a little bit more sense. So I would be very, very cautious. Like he said, it's a win-win situation. F you prudential for putting those words in his head. William got marketed to. He got played, and sadly he doesn't even realize that. Let's do a little business news. Oh yeah. It's business time. It's business time. Business, business I got down to business this weekend. Business. I had a good weekend. How about you? Watch a little Tiger Woods action. Man, he's come. He's coming off as a real, real live jerk now. 
He's just having a process, a problem holding it all together. Phil Mickelson coming across as a princely prince. So United Airlines and U.S. Airways, probably two of my least favorite airlines of all time. If I were to have a top five list of most hated airlines, it's United. I just think they're cocky and arrogant. I understand that they're flying me to the United uh, to New York round trip for four hundred dollars, which is a miracle. I couldn't walk that. I couldn't drive that in a, an appropriate time frame. But man, I just think United—they just treat customers just so poorly. Uh, anyway, and my dad always said, if, if you're paying for something, get what you want, or take your business elsewhere. I think he's more right than wrong. So anyway, United Airlines and U.S. Airways—they're having very serious discussions now. Still sensitive. This is a problem because United's got some old, old union deals that are really tough to get out of. Same thing with U.S. Airways. There would be a lot of concessions. It can happen. There's no doubt about it. It can happen. Any transaction would probably have to be an all-stock merger with United being the surviving entity. The share premium to be paid to U.S. Airways, it hasn't been settled. So if anyone's going to get jacked up, it's U.S. Airways. Now, here's what could happen. United and U.S. can say... Let's make a deal. Let's get married. Have you ever noticed a woman getting married is suddenly a little bit more attractive than a single woman? Like, you almost want her because you can now no longer have her. Same thing in the world of business. U.S. Airways is a company that, you know, we've always admired. But now it looks like they're going to get married to United. It's time to get serious. It's time to tell her you love her. And men, let me tell you this. There's a woman in your life that you love. Tell her you love her. Put a ring on her finger and make her honest. Don't play games. Anyway, I'm totally digressed, right? Um, where do I go with this? Where do I go with this? Uh, U.S. Airways. Here's what can happen. Other airlines could come in and, and jack up the price for U.S. Airways. They could say United's paying too little. We want that. We didn't know it was going to be sold for one time's revenue with a broken union. Had we known that, we would have asked her to marry us. So there's a chance U.S. Airways becomes a player here. Now, who's going to be a big winner if they do merge and get together? JetBlue, Virgin America, and Southwest, because they're going to have to give up some of their hubs. They're going to have to give up some of their parking spaces in airports. That's what airlines are all about. They, they buy parking spaces in airports, and because they have that, they can fly in and out. And when they, they merge, they have to give up some of those parking spaces so that other airlines can come in and keep competition real. So if there's a revenue growth story, it's going to be Southwest, Virgin America, and or JetBlue. So look at look at the smaller players. If you don't want to play the U.S. Airways getting acquired by a stronger suitor with more money, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. I, I'm just throwing it out there. Elsewhere in the world of business news, Dow Jones, the big media company, they're owned by News Corp. They said today that they're going to plan to build a large solar power system, and they're going to supply clean energy for its corporate offices in central New Jersey. At 4.1 megawatts, the system is expected to be done in one of the largest power solar power installations in the United States for a commercial site invested in solar power confirms their commitment to environmental responsibility. This is, is Forrest Gump. It's a great story, but there's no investment here. Not yet. There's sun power, there's solar power, there's evergreen, there's, there's, you know, names that you can throw out, but the big money in solar right now is still being made by the big players like GE and, and the big money to GE to a smaller company would be huge money. But to GE, it's just a drop in the bucket. So that's cute. Dow Jones building this huge solar. And this is one of those press releases that could get you, how shall we say, hot and bothered. But there's, 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 no, self, there's no follow through there. So I think you ultimately have to pass on it. 
And Massey Energy, I've talked about this today. This was the moral dilemma of the day. Rob Black's moral compass. Massey Energy, death toll hits 29 from a U.S. coal mine blast. So far, uh, crews have found the bodies of four miners missing nearly a week since the explosion, bringing the death toll to 29. Now the mission is to recover all 22 bodies still inside the upper Big Branch mine, 30 miles of Charleston. The new deaths mean it's the worst coal mine since 1970, when 38 were killed in a Finley coal in Hayden, Kentucky. Now, analysts, Wall Street analysts are starting to chime in on this. For instance, a group uh, with S&P, Standard & Poor's Equity Research, they cut their earnings expectations today for Mass Energy, ticker symbol MEE, by $0.07. Ultimately, on production losses and cost following an explosion that killed 29 miners. Do you know what production losses mean? The mine's being shut down for a couple days. They're going to fire it back up. Now, the explosion that kills 29 miners, they're going to have to pay out the families. They're going to pay us some, you know, some money. So it's going to be seven cents a share. So instead of making $2.62 per share, they're going to make about two fifty-five. Now, Standard Poor's, they, they have no moral compass. They've stripped themselves of it. They said, quote, we believe the financial impact of the upper big branch mine tragedy will be immaterial, non-material. Quote, our opinion is based on our analysis of industry mining accidents from the past. Massey's indemnification to litigation via insurance and our belief that the company has ample capacity to mitigate most of the 1.6 million tons of production that was expected to be sold from Upper Big Branch. Stunning, isn't it? It's, it's crazy how cold Wall Street can be about the deaths of 29 plus people. Now, I got an email from no name. Oh, Fred. He says, um, 21 miners died in a tragic death. If you don't take advantage, there'll still be 21 miners that died in a tragic death. Not investing. Even investing won't bring them back to life. Now, if 21 miners that would die, if you did invest for a profit, you might have issues. But as it stands, I think the problem would be if you don't take advantage, because in the end, they'll still be dead. Besides, won't the company be better off if more people invested in them? Wow, it's crazy, really, how people think. So, no, by giving the company money, you're basically saying it's okay to run mines that aren't safe. In my opinion, again, it's, it's up for argument. 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-345-5639. Coming up in 15 minutes, you have a chance to get a winning bid. Not bid. You have a chance to win a 21-inch Samsung monitor that we're going to give away on Friday. I'm going to give out a keyword in 15 minutes. But before that, we're going to do some national headline news. And I've got a story later in the show on Glenn Beck's financial fortune empire. It's really, truly stunning. It's Rob Black Show, 9, 10 a.m., more stimulating talk. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. 